0: As a church, and I as your campus pastor, a year from now, if the Lord tarries and if you live, I want you to be able to sit in this room and look back and say, I may not have arrived, but I have grown. You're not regressing, you are maturing. I hope that you will be able to say I've faced some hard facts about my life. In 2023, and by God's grace, some of those things are new. I'm changing. I'm growing. Every year, Grace Fellowship, one of the things that we do is that we revisit the eight big rocks in some fashion, usually spending time on one of them. We do it because we do not want to lose our way. We want to remind the body about what we value, and what we actually believe are essential items. They are biblical, but I cannot say chapter and verse Bible to those eight big rocks. Some of you can name all eight of them. You've been around a while. Some of you might be able to name two or three. Some, not at all. Good news, we're not passing out any gold stars this morning. For that, The good news is this. On our website, they're there under About Us. And they're there to serve you. In fact, I encourage you to consider one of those big rocks might be something to help you grow this year. Focusing yourself there. A review will serve you well for places to grow in your life. And they continue to serve us well as a church. Like I said, there's no Big Rock Sermon this year, but there's something important from the Big Rocks that I'm going to pull and I'm going to talk about in just a few moments. But one thing we have in common this morning, I believe I want life to be in 2023 better than what it was in 2022 or 1 or 2020. But how? How does that actually happen The longer I live, the more I realize that living better means living less for what screams for my attention in the moment. Jesus said that we are to lay up treasure in heaven in Matthew chapter 6, which involves how you give, but also means living in investment for a 100 years from now. For that which is beyond you, that outlives you. And living... ...with influence on other people, they too will outlive you. For he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, if that makes no sense to you at all... ...I want you to understand that embracing a lifestyle where that makes no sense... ...and you will not embrace living for what's important... ...but living out of the urgent and only the urgent that screams for your attention... That's a surefire way that 2023 will not be better than 2022. So this morning, I'm not here to offer you a self-improvement pep talk. I'm here to shepherd you to that which changes you for the better. But first, you need to recognize that there's, in many of us, a disconnect. We connect important and urgent as being the same thing. And they're not. But if you sit here and desire a year from now to be looking back and knowing that you live better, I'm going to offer you a single principle. And here it is, the key principle. Battle. That word was chosen on purpose. Yes, it's going to be a battle. You're going to need to battle to live more for the important and less for the urgent. When your house is on fire, urgent and important are both existing at the same moment. You need to stop what you're doing, drop what you're doing, and give attention to not allowing the house to burn down. The urgent is a real thing, and sometimes it's connected to important things. But trending social media, that's urgent. Rarely is it important. Email inbox. Bloating. More numbers. More email. Urgent. Usually not important. See, your children cannot make you give them your undivided attention. They cannot make you read to them or play games with them or teach them to pray Or what it means to actually know Jesus. Know that will only happen when you understand what is important and making it a priority. Prioritize what is important. Prioritize that which does not scream for your attention. And usually the urgent things will take their place quietly in their proper place. So I ask you, how much of your life you... How much of your life is spent devoted to the important? Which begs the question, what's important? What's really important? First thing is this. Your relationship with God, that is really important. Build the habit of praising God like we are this morning, corporately, but do it privately. You were designed for praise. The book of Psalms is one big book of praise and prayer. You're going to praise something. You are going to do it. Something or someone. God is rightfully to be praised. And you say, well, isn't that just obvious, Brian? Maybe, maybe this morning it, it, it is to you. But understand this. Regularly I encounter people. I, I regularly come in contact with people who ask me... Maybe the mo- the most uh, common question. And the question is about the book of Revelation. They want more book of Revelation. Teach us on the book of Revelation. Now, why is that? Because we have this insatiable desire to know something, know more. About the unfolding of history, the future, the battle for good and evil. And yes, it's there. It's in the book of Revelation. But do you know the book of Revelation? That's not its point. That's not prophecy's point. The point is that God's people are destined in the book of Revelation for unending praise and worship. Heaven will be not boring. Not because we know all the things about the future. Heaven will be grand because beauty will just transcend everything in your life that may seem boring at this moment. The most beautiful all of heaven will be the king of kings, his love for us, his redemption, his glory. The urgent is about what you prioritize, but the important is the place of God in your daily life. And there is a difference. Here's how you also do that. You got to build a lifestyle of praise. There are three common things I find with people. There's a desire for more knowledge, greater opportunity, and you want God's favor on your life. You're interested in being effective in what you do. Understandably so, and the solution for being effective, being a, being a sound mind, being calm, being hopeful, all of it is tied to prayer. And some of you will say, "Amen to that." But in reality, in practice, interest wanes when we start trying to pray. We pray little. Because we actually are not desperate. We really pray when we get desperate. But we really struggle to pray when we're not. And so why is that? I believe it's because we really believe that on a day-to-day basis, we're pretty good at running our own life our own way. Even devoted Christians struggle to pray. And why is that? It's because we... it, It requires... A long view, it requires a different focus. It requires for us to understand that there is a battle in it. But it gets easier when you know how desperate you really are and how much you need God to move. It's hard because it's not urgent. Oh, it gets urgent sometimes. It gets urgent on a Monday night when we are being entertained, watching warrior athletes, and suddenly we come up close to the brevity of life, then prayer gets urgent. Eternity awaits, all of us, aging for all of us. It's relentless. And heaven moves, though, when God's people pray. You know what prayer is? Prayer is conversational communion with God. God communicates to us with his word and we communicate to him because we are dependent children. We go to him and he answers us because he loves us. And you can feel called to all sorts of things. Some of you are really good at all sorts of things. But do you know that there's no higher calling on your life Than the call for you to pray. You want a better life? Pray more. You want heaven to move? Get serious about praying. You want victory over anxiety, anger, and fear? Get on your face and stay on your face. Be humble, be desperate. Pray. Our big rocks are listed and one of our big rocks is prayer. Do you know what it says right at the end of that prayer big rock, that description? It says, we pray as desperate people who recognize that we can do nothing apart from God. Oh, may we be reminded of that. We can do nothing apart from God. And we sometimes feel so helpless. We're praying for things. We, we're anxious about so many things. We're anxious about our kids, people that we love, what friends, neighbors, uh, relatives, what they're going to do with their life. We're anxious, anxious people. Be reminded of what Sid Lowe Baxter said, our loved ones may spurn our appeals. Reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons. But they are helpless against our prayers. And it's not just our loved ones. It's everything and everyone around us. You, this morning, might be concerned about your country, your job, your church, your schools. Name a concern. Some or all of us typically have it. And we get all wound up about stuff and people and policies. Do you know that God is not all wound up this morning? And I can, I can get unwound. And I can get in my right mind if I choose to criticize less, choose to complain less, and worry less by praying more. The universe... And the world powerless against the God of Psalm 19 because it is all His. There's something else that's important. Relating properly with everything else in your life. People, goals, things, everyone and everything. It is important, even crucial for you to understand that relating to everything as God intended, that will make your life better. You can make your life work on your own, but it will not work as God intended you if you choose to prioritize things that God does not. Let me illustrate this. In your bulletin, you have a picture of a postage stamp, almost true to size. Here it is. You can't read it from where you are. But in your bulletin, you will see it says USA forever and the uh, the American flag. I want you to picture that stamp as your life. And if you are American, well, maybe some of this is what you value. Praise God for the country that we live in. But on that stamp, picture your life, everything about it your past, your future the things that you're concerned about, your retirement, having resources, having good relationships, having health. Every one of you are a little bit different about how you look at it and how much time you spend, what part of that stamp you spend doing those things, worried about those things. But you spend a lot of time and energy focused on those things. Understandably so. But you fail to see that your life is only represented partly By what's on the stamp. Eternity and the things that matter ultimately, a thousand and ten thousand years from now, is the size of this room, not the size of that stamp. And you are a part of the size of that room. In 2023, you're going to live within relationships. You're going to live in relationships with people and things. Some of those relationships are going to be casual. Some of those are going to matter more to you. They're going to be intimate. You would characterize some of those relationships as important. And some of the relationships that you know you have with things and duties, you would characterize as not important. But frankly, the amount of time you spend focused on those things... Looking at those things would indicate that you value them more than people and God. We're blind to it. It's one of the conundrums of being human. We're fallen, we're weak, we're blind, we miss the room. We can only see the stamp. and We miss that we're devoted to things more than we're devoted to God and to his people. We have relationships that show what we really worship is not God, but frankly, they're idols. And we're blind to it. In the coming weeks, you're going to learn about how God has shown us in his word and shows us in our life that we do have idols. And idols betray us. They betray the gospel. They betray you. Even, and I thought about how to say this really well, I'm just going to say what I really believe it is idols will make you stupid. An idol is anything or anyone that begins to capture your heart, mind, or affections more than God. And your heart, John Calvin said, your heart is an idol factory, it never stops. Making new ones. And the way 2023 gets better is you got to deal with the idols that are in your life. If you were to ask me, Brian, what are you asking God for in 2023 for Grace Fellowship? I want you to know I'm not praying for a fuller room. Numbers are one thing. That's fine and good. That's not what I'm hoping for. My prayer, my hope, is that we will be a a, a people that come to understand better that we are to worship God and nothing else. And we are to repent of our hidden sin of emphasizing the urgent over the important. To live with the room in view, not just the postage stamp. And I pray that God would do that in your life. I pray that in 2023, the important will come to take shape more prominently in your life. Would you pray with me? Father, we talk to you because we are in desperate, desperate need. We forget, we live blind to our desperate need to see you and then seeing you live out of it correctly. Will you grant to us because of your love for us and because of the faithfulness and the sacrifice of Jesus, would you give to us a heart that actually will pursue the important over the urgent? Will you enlighten our eyes Will you draw us into awe of you? Will you help us to embrace what it means to obey you? What it means to enjoy you? Will you help us to see it? Will you be merciful to us and turn us from our sin? May Jesus be exalted above all things in our lives and in this church that belongs to you